Stay golden. Hurricane. Hello and welcome back to the Golden Hurricast. We are a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane Athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token and I'm still Ryan Token. Matt is out this week, so I'm coming to you live bright and early from my apartment in Denver doing this one solo before work. So if I sound a little groggy, uh, that is why. Let's get into it though. Um, plenty going on. Um, gonna keep it pretty short. As I mentioned, this is before work. I got work to get to here pretty soon, so I've got a strict time limit uh, to to stick myself to. So we'll see if we can make that happen. I uh, want to cover what's happening in the transfer portal uh, before we get to a little bit of football stuff with the AAC championship game and whatnot, and then uh, round it out with basketball. So let's start with the the transfer portal. Um, it's live. It's open. It fully opened on Monday of this week, uh, the fourth, I believe that was. And um, it's been mostly fine so far. We've got 18 players in there, which maybe seems like a big number. It's really not. Uh, com- like on average, it's pretty much on base with everybody else these days. Um, and we haven't yet seen a lot of guys come into Tulsa from the portal, but it's still the first week. So we have plenty of time to make this happen. Um, the 18 guys in there right now, um, I'll just run through them real fast. We've got Jaden Simon, defensive tackle, uh, the receiver, Nick Rempert. Offensive lineman Jeremy Jones, a safety in CJ Coombs, wide receiver Aston Schumann, linebacker Burchard Glaspie, safety Jace Oliver was a later entrant. That one hurts. That's probably the biggest, highest impact uh, name in the portal for us right now. Jace was, um, when we did our awards last week, I awarded him our defensive player of the year. Uh, he was rock solid the entire season. Uh, quarterback Roman Fuller is in there as well, who we saw this year plenty um, or here and there off and on, I guess. Uh, especially early in the year. Uh, kicker or punter, Connor Bryant? Connor Bryan. Let me make sure on that. Yeah, Connor Bryan. Sorry, I typed it wrong. Um, he's in there as well. Uh, a defensive lineman, Everett Rogers, another big loss. He's a senior. Linebacker, Jaden Moore. Uh, wide receiver, Keith Wheeler. Um, a linebacker, Dorian Hopkins. Kicker, Chase Meyer, another late one. That one hurts. He was rock solid this year as well for us. Uh, tough to lose him. Defensive back, Kanayan Williams, who got plenty of time this year. Wide receiver, Scotty Alexander. Cornerback, Kalen Washington. And wide receiver, Charles Hodge. So if those guys, feels like the biggest ones to me. Chase Meyer, who's a sophomore, was really looking forward to him um, sticking around for some time and being a good kicker for us. He's gone. Everett Rogers, defensive lineman. He got plenty of burn this year. Um, was pretty productive. Uh, not our best defensive lineman by any stretch, but still um, an experienced guy who could have had an impact next year had he stuck around. Uh, Jace Oliver, I think probably the biggest one safety. Most people know his name. Um, he's going to be a big loss for us as we already had a pretty depleted secondary and, uh, he was kind of the rock steady guy back there all the time. Um, and then Jaden Simon is a big name that a lot of people know, uh, but he didn't play the last several games of the year. So losing him, I don't think is going to have too big of an impact. Um, but it does, it is interesting that he left us. His brother, Julian is a linebacker on the team who has not yet entered the portal. So, um, kind of an interesting tidbit there. A lot of young guys who, who knows, you know, maybe they would have blown up in potential and, and done some good things for us. But a lot of these guys are, are so young that it's, it's hard to know. There's plenty of Richard freshmen, Richard sophomores in this list. Um, I mentioned we haven't pulled anybody out of the portal yet. That's to be expected. I'm not concerned about that quite yet. We'll probably start seeing that next week. 
Um, we did have two more incoming high school recruits commit uh, over the last week, and that is quarterback Joseph Joe Williams. Uh, he had offers from UTSA, Arkansas State, Texas State, and others. So uh, losing Roman Fuller, maybe lo- uh, another kind of notable not in the transfer portal guy so far that we talked about last week, Braylon Braxton, not in there yet. Um, maybe not surprising. Might be tough for him to find a spot given his stats this this year, um, but uh, kind of thought he would enter and, and see if anything happens because you can come back if you enter um but anyway uh so we've got a quarterback um coming in to, to at least replace roman fuller on the roster along with we've got one in the in the high school ranks right now too um and then the other guy um big time recruit corner and we need him so this is a big one did dante scott he had power five offers from ou utah indiana where our former defensive coordinator for a couple weeks matt guerrero is now or was before Tom Allen got fired. Not sure what his status is now. Uh, Cincinnati, plenty of others. He's got, he's got a ton of offers, right? So Dante Scott, big time get for us. Um, unfortunately, we slipped a spot in the AAC Rivals recruiting rankings. Uh, we're third behind South Florida and Florida Atlantic now. So the Florida schools and the American running the show in terms of recruiting um, at this moment in time. So I'm feeling pretty good about those guys. Um, I'm not concerned about the number of transfers right now. I think that's bog standard for unfortunately bog standard for how this usually goes at this point in the year Uh, so this will be a big week to see if anybody else enters and if we start pulling people out of there so that's your portal update let's move on um talk a little bit of aac around the american stuff the aac championship game was last saturday smu beat Tulane 26 to 14 to win their first ever aac championship it was also smu's first ever appearance in the AAC championship. So SMU will exit the American with a title in hand, which stinks. Um, they're a good team. They, they ended the season with two losses, which as you are surely aware, um, because of those two losses, the American did not get the new year six bid from the group of five for the first time in seven seasons, which is pretty insane. The American has been running that show and we, d- we didn't for the first time in the new look American conference, which is not good. Um, and more on that, kind of new look American conference uh, just here in a bit. I'll close out this, this little segment with, with some more news there, but um, that game was kind of boring to be honest. It started off really hot. Tulane started off really hot. First play of the game, Tulane scored basically, um, except it wasn't even Tulane who had the ball on offense. It was SMU and uh, Tulane defensive end uh, came around the corner and stripped Kevin Jennings. SMU was backup quarterback who played the entire game instead of the injured Preston stone. Uh, he stripped them, and the ball bounced around a little bit. Tulane got it and almost made it into the end zone on the first play of drive one, uh, but got stopped at the one. So um, they had, I think, Michael Pratt snuck it in on the on the very next play, and Tulane scored to go up 7-0. Uh, Tulane only scored one more time the entire rest of the game. It was a deep bomb to Yul Keith Brown, 42-yard touchdown, made it 14-14, to and then SMU kicked four field goals in their next five drives, and that was the end. Uh, SMU ended up winning at 26 to 14 as mentioned it was a boring game Tulane only had 270 yards of total offense only 30 30 of which came on the ground SMU had 400 yards of offense and that was the difference in it Tulane just couldn't get anything going offensively basically from down number one uh and kind of during that game it was announced that Willie Fritz from Tulane was headed off to join the Houston Cougars who had recently fired Dana Holgerson so Fritz to Houston is a done deal. He's there. That that's a finished thing. He is the head coach for Houston now. Tulane still looking for who their next head coach is going to be. Will probably be 
announced in the next couple of days. Um, but yeah, weird deal. I obviously was really pulling for Tulane here. One of the one of the American to get the New Year Six bid. Wanted it to be Tulane infinitely more than I wanted it to be SMU uh, and didn't get either of those things. And now the American is on the outside looking in of the New Year Six for the first time in a long time. So kind of a bummer result there. Um, I am, you know, Liberty making the New Year Six Bowl sucks. Uh, of all the schools, would prefer it not to be them. Um, however, we do have a former Tulsa player, at least one on that team, Xavier Gadlin. And happy for him, you know, at least he gets to play in the New Year's Six Bowl. So that'll be uh, that'll be kind of a cool thing. Um, the bowl list of bowl games for the American was all announced. Obviously, all the bowl games are out and you can go see what they all are. But I'll run through them real quick for what the AAC is doing. We've got six bowl teams. It was a down year for the league, as we've talked about plenty on this show. Um, we've got UTSA versus Marshall in the Frisco Bowl on December 19th. This is in order of games being played so december 19th is the first one utsa marshall frisco bowl then we've got south florida taking on syracuse in the boca raton bowl on december 21st rice versus texas state in the first responder bowl on the 26th tulane versus virginia tech in the military bowl on december 27th smu versus boston college in the fenway bowl on the 28th and the last one here memphis versus iowa state in the liberty bowl on the 29th of those personally most excited for rice versus texas state in the first responder bowl um, it's the day after Christmas. Going to be able to watch G.J. Kinney's squad again. Uh, it would be way more fun if Rice's starting quarterback, J.T. Daniels, who torched us in our game against them, was playing. But he is out. He is done with football. He has said he is medically retiring from football. Uh, he had he has suffered many con- concussions over the years. He, had, he took one more against SMU a few weeks back. And that was his last game ever. He is not going to play in this bowl game. And he is he's done with football now. Going to try to get into coaching. So Rice, Texas State, that'll be a fun one, um, if only just to see what G.J. Kinney's squad is doing. I watched one game of theirs earlier this year, but it'll be fun to see them again. Uh, and then Memphis, Iowa State in the Liberty Bowl. Kind of, I mean, that's a fun, that's a that's a high-powered game. Um, two pretty evenly matched SP Plus teams. Uh, it's kind of a bummer that it's in the Liberty Bowl. It's effectively a home game for Memphis. Uh, I kind of... I. Maybe that's more fun. I don't know. I kind of like when they go to the neutral sites and it's more of a destination thing. But um, at least there'll be fans on the stands. That'll be that'll be kind of cool. So that that's another fun one. Those are kind of the only two I'm I'm really looking forward to. Tulane Virginia Tech is going to be a snoozer. Probably SMU is going to beat up on a bad Boston College team. I imagine even with their backup quarterback. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm most excited about those two. And then the the note I mentioned earlier that I want to get back to. Um, about the new look American going forward. There was some big news as of, I think yesterday, Mike Oresco, the commissioner for the AAC retiring. Um, and he has been the lead of the conference since the beginning, uh, since it was formed, he helped form this entire thing. And, uh, he's, he's retiring in May. So he'll work the rest of the academic calendar. And then once school is over, uh, in May, he's going to call it quits and be done. Um, so the American will have a new commissioner, uh, six new teams, you know, with, with the conference USA schools from last year. And, uh, obviously the schools that we lost. So it is absolutely a new look, uh, for the AAC. The P six brand is certainly dead at this point, uh, which is sad because it was always kind of a fun thing that was sitting there in the background. And I am sad about this. I, th- I thought Mike Oresco was an awesome commissioner, pretty much the best you could ask for, uh, for a league like the American. I thought he was great pretty much all the time. He was always fighting for the AAC, you could always count on him to to put his name in the ring or put the American's name in the ring whenever there was a debate about anything conference related. Um, he was a huge supporter and a vocal supporter of pretty much every school. The media deals that we got out of it, 
were awesome. Everybody was happy with them. Um, I'm happy with them. And I think he did a great job given the circumstances. And it's hard. People, you know, some people like to, I don't know, hate on him for whatever reasons. And it just makes no sense to me. Uh, I think most people agree that he was he was a good commissioner. I thought he was great. Um, I actually ran into him one time, one time at a Tulsa football game. He was there visiting. Uh, and I, I was in the elevator with him. And I said, hey, uh, so that was my one interaction with Mike Resco. He was a nice guy, as far as I can tell, in our like five seconds of interacting. Um, but he was he was really cool. He was there with Rick Dixon. Um, so kudos to him. Great job. Hopefully we can find somebody that has some kind of semblance of being close to what he was as an AD because I thought, I thought he was great. All right, moving on to basketball. Um, we're going to run through these and that'll be the show. I think I don't have too much else to, to talk about here. Um, we are now five and two after the loss to Oral Roberts and the win against Loyola Chicago after this past week. Uh, in one game, we went up effectively 30 spots, uh, <laughs> which, which was after the in, in Ken Palm, which was after the loss to Loyola. Uh, we were number 209 in Ken Palm going into that game. After that game, 183. We've improved nearly 100 spots in the Ken Palm rankings since the beginning of the year. We started at number 272. As mentioned, we are now number 183. That is a crazy increase. Uh, Tulsa Hop reminded me on Twitter, I saw a post of his, that Trilly Donovan put out an article, I guess. I, I, I think he runs his own website. I don't remember how, how that all works. But he put out something somewhere. Um, this is the guy who Trilly Donovan is the guy who kind of like somehow knows everything about every college team. And he's the one that broke that we beat LSU in a scrimmage in the offseason, etc. Um, he had some post somewhere that said um, of all the initial Ken Palm rankings, he had Tulsa rising the most throughout the course of the season. Um, so he called that and he is on track so far. As, as mentioned, we've jumped nearly 100 spots in the Ken Palm rankings uh, since the beginning, which is crazy. Um, Ken Palm also increased our win total again, our projected win total last week. It had us at 15 and 15. We were 11 and 19 to start the year. Um, now we are 16 and 14. So keep going up. Um, I think we flipped the New Mexico State game over the past week after this win. Uh, so feeling really good. The optimism is definitely there after that win. The optimism was not there after the Oral Roberts loss, at least not nearly to the extent that it is right now. ORU got us pretty good, especially late in the game. They, they kind of pulled away. It was close all game, pulled away at the end. 79 to 70 was the final there. Really hate losing to Oral Roberts. I hate losing to them more and more as the years go on. Um, maybe maybe that's just a symptom of it's happened more often lately. <laughs> I think we've lost the last three to them. Um, we need to get back on the right side of things. Honestly, with the way things are trending, I think this is maybe the last year we will lose to them for a while. We could have gotten this game. We did not. Uh, ORU had three guys play the entire game, all 40 minutes of the game. Isaac McBride, DeShane Weaver, Kareem Thompson all played 40 minutes, all played pretty well. Uh, it was, it was tough. You know, I, they beat us in the turnover battle, 12 to 15 turnovers, still a problem for us. Um, we just get going too fast and too loose sometimes and, uh, stop being cautious with the ball. Uh, nothing, nothing too bad happened to this other than we just didn't have the fire at the end of the game that we needed to have. And also maybe the other note to bring up is Tyshawn Archie, who has been awesome, uh, for the last many games, only played five minutes in this one. He played almost 20 in the past three games um, before Oral Roberts, and he played 18 more minutes against Loyal Chicago in the next game. I don't understand the the move there. I don't know if he was banged up or something. Maybe he didn't, I don't know. Maybe practice wasn't going as well as, as previous, so he only played the five minutes. Not sure about that one. I know he's a young kid, but when you're playing 
you know, on average 16 minutes a game, and then you drop down to five, and then you're back up to 18 the next game. <laughs> it feels to me like something happened to cause that. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's nothing. But man, that that kid is he's a great player and he looks the part so far he's a small skinny skinny kid he doesn't necessarily jump out at you when you look at him on the court as if he's a guy that's gonna destroy you but man you watch him for any period of time and he's got it all he's super quick um he's got an awesome step back jumper he can get to the basket he can slam it and he's small like mentioned he's just really interesting player to watch and um hopefully we'll start playing him more Really bummer uh, that we lost this game, especially by nine on their home court. Mayor's Cup thing. They put out this kind of objectively pretty funny uh, tweet saying, you know where we are, Oral Roberts, Oklahoma, as a joke of they own the city of Tulsa, um, which, you know, pissed some people off. But <laughs> I thought I thought it was pretty good. We got to win these games. Got to be. I'm t- If we can lose to so many of these other non-conference opponents, uh, hopefully not, but I'd much rather beat Oral Roberts and lose to the others than, uh, than beat the others and lose to Oral Roberts. Um, anyway, PJ Haggerty had a good game as usual in this one shot 50% from the field on 12 shots, put up 17 points, solid games from Kobe, Isaiah Barnes. Um, Isaiah continues moving up the ranks in terms of guys that I think we can are pretty much the most rock solid guys on the team that we can count on every time. I think we've got two in my head that are the most rock solid right now. And I would probably put those guys at, at Barnes and maybe Keiston Willis already cementing himself. I know small sample size, get to that later. But um, Keiston, speaking of Keiston, he returned for the first time in this game. Only played 10 minutes, you know, first game back, totally get it. Um, saw a lot more of him against Loyola Chicago, so I'll talk about him there. But this was his first game back from injury um, after he was dealing with that ankle issue. Uh, so tough loss. Hopefully it's the last one that we will lose to them uh, for a while. But uh, for now, we've got to suffer... Um, we got to suffer the bragging rights from Oral Roberts for another year. Uh, the next game, much more, much better. Loyola Chicago, we beat them. 88 to 77, controlled it start to finish. It was a double-digit win over the best Ken Palm team we've played this season. I don't think we were down the entire game. Um, Loyola Chicago's number 108 in Ken Palm, so it was a nice win for us, best win for us so far. Came out absolutely on fire uh, in both halves of this one. Opened the first half, shooting six of seven from the three-point line. Five different players hit those 23 to 14 early in the game. Cooled off later in the half. Loyola heated up. We were only up three at halftime. So despite the ridiculous start, um, just going all out, it was only a three-point game at the half. Got a little nervous there. Uh, fortunately, we also, as I mentioned, also opened the second half on fire. 13 to three run to start that second half. Included three more threes. And all of a sudden, we were up 13 again, uh, which was awesome. And it just kind of piled on from there we were up by 19 with seven minutes left in this game uh mentioned dominant game start to finish blew the doors off this team um only ended up winning by 11 they kind of we got a little bit sloppy with the ball late in the game um stupid turnovers i think we wound up with 18 or 20 turnovers on this game which far too many as always talk about it every week got to figure out the turnovers thing it's hard when you're going so fast all the time and we were going fast all the time in this game and it was working for a lot large chunks of the game but every now and then the flip side will get you and you'll you'll turn it over every now and then um but awesome game the only tu player here's the here's the weirdest stat of the game the only tu player who didn't make a three in this game was kobe williams who is our second best three-point shooter so explain that one to me he went over five from three everybody else who stepped on the floor for tu hit one jared garcia hit one matt matt reed hit one everybody made him um except except for kobe who took five and missed all of them which uh man i would have loved loved the stat that everybody who stepped on the floor for us hit hit a three but uh, couldn't get it done 
Um, this was the Keaston Willis game. Uh, he This was the second game back. As mentioned, he came back against Oral Roberts. Um, but this was his first game back at the Reynolds Center. And man, he looked so good. 24 minutes, led the team with 15 points, three of five, three-point line, zero turnovers in 24 minutes. That is what we need. That guy looks like he's going to fit right into this offense. He didn't look out of step at all. He feels like a guy who's just going to solidify things, maybe slow things down every now and then. And obviously, he's going to give us that three-point shot that we've been lacking early, early in the season. Um, everybody was hitting him against <laughs> against Loyal Chicago. But so far in the year, it's been a little bit of a grind to, to get those threes consistently. And yeah, I'm sure he'll have a, a game here and there where he doesn't shoot very well. But man, he just looked like he knew exactly where to be all the time. Cool head on his shoulders, knows what he's doing. Um, I think we're going to be able to count on him. I mean, he could he could maybe be the best the best best player on this team. Um, all in all, all things considered, we'll see. Uh, but man, what a first, what a what a real debut from him. Um, I know the debut was kind of with ORU, but this was the first one where he got some meaningful time and got we got to see what he could do. Uh, Tyshawn Archie also played awesome in this game. 18 minutes, um, got back to normal playing time after the weird five minute bout against uh ORU killer game 12 points two rebounds three assists some of those some of those shots that he hits man they are between the legs behind the back step back jumper over the top of an outstretched hand you know it's just like crazy shots that like and he was just nailing them this game over and over uh love watching him play I remember the first time, the first game I saw him, he took a three. The three looked weird. Like it was a weird form. Like I don't know if it was nerves or what. Uh, I was like, I don't know if he's going to be a, a good shooter. Um, but now he comes out just like stepping back on these guys, killing them, basically breaking ankles on these shots. And uh, I have, uh, man, he just he just looks he looks fantastic. So really happy about that. Last thing I want to note about this one. Um, Carlos Williams got the start over Matt Reed. Matt Reed, I think, had started every other game this year at the four, and Jared Garcia at the five. And this time we went Carlos Williams, who's six five compared to Matt Reed, six nine. Uh, Carlos Williams at the four, Garcia at the five. That worked, obviously. Um, I don't know if it was just a matchup thing, and we'll get back to Reed next game. Conco mentioned something like that. Um, but honestly, I think it's probably going to be Carlos uh, at the four going forward with how this game went, at least for the next couple of games, just to see how it plays out. Um, he is a freak athlete. He gives us way more athleticism and aggressiveness than Matt does. He, I think he can still, you know, he doesn't have the big physical presence, like the raw size that Matt Reed does, but I think he's got more bounce. He's got more movement. He's a little more aggressive. Um, so I think that makes up for the lack of size there. Uh, maybe against really, really big teams, we'll go Reed and Garcia. If they play two bigs, we'll see. Maybe it'll just be a matchup thing as the games go on. Um, but either way, I like both those guys. Carlos, um, he's he gives us another, I think, level of dynamism on that offense that, that we don't necessarily get right now with Matt, who's a young kid, still growing, uh, still learning. Um, Jared Garcia, I think, also played well this game. Shot 50% from three had a nice block huge dunk definitely still need him to get more physical he he seems to want to play outside and hit the three ball and um not really want to bang around down low with the big guys and he does that every now and then but i just don't think it's it's as often as as we need we we are lacking uh ish in in true big man size down there and he has it like he's a big like thick strong dude who can bang with those dudes and uh I understand like it's it's good that he can shoot the three ball he should keep doing that it stretches the floor have, having a, a big man out guarding him like that opens up the under the underneath the basket for our guards to get in there and Tyshawn Archie to do what he can do 
Um, it would just be nice to see him get a little bit more physical down low. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, all in all, awesome, awesome game from him. Um, awesome game in general. Dominant from start to finish, as mentioned. A couple of small stretches of, of bad play and nervousness in there. But great, great game. And welcome back to Keiston Willis. Uh, okay, Oklahoma State coming up. That's the big one of the week. We don't have a game during the week next week. Uh, so we've got one preview to do. So I'm going to run through this one. OSU. That game is on Sunday, the 10th, 5.30 p.m. Central, ESPN2 on TV. But you should go to that game. It's in Oklahoma City if you can go at the Paycom Center. Uh, This has the potential to be a standout signature win for Eric Conkle and Tulsa uh, under under Conkle so far. OSU is down. They are 3-5 and overall. They're 96 in Ken Palm. Obviously, they play in the Big 12. Real chance that Tulsa can steal one here. Maybe maybe steal is the wrong word. Maybe straight up just get them. Um, Mike Boynton is their head coach. He's in their seventh year, uh, with the Cowboys. As I mentioned, OSU has been kind of down. They beat number 143, Sam Houston state. They beat number 298, New Orleans and number 357, Houston Christian. No top 100 Ken Palm wins here. They have lost to almost a, a number 200 team at an Abilene Christian who's sitting at number 196. They lost to 84 St. Bonaventure, number 170, Notre Dame, 107, Southern Illinois, right? So they are like extremely beatable they're they're simply an average team there's nothing really else to say about it and tulsa can beat an average team the cowboys don't shoot the ball particularly well they're number 130 in three-point percentage 125 in two points about average at both spots they're bad at defending the three number 280 in the country they're one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the country we can beat them um they they've got some they've got some guys who can really ball like bryce thompson is still on this team he is not the you know necessarily the best player on this team he's pretty good like he's in their top three contributors uh but he is uh he's we can i think we can shut him down tulsa's defense has done an awesome job of shutting down the number one and number two guys on opposing teams so far it's like the number four dude who just like goes off on us for some reason um but you might remember bryce thompson that whole saga uh First of all, his dad, Rod, played at Tulsa in the late 90s. And we were really hoping Bryce initially committed and played at Kansas. And we were and then he announced he was going to transfer after his first year. He didn't he didn't play that much. Um, we were really hoping Bryce was going to transfer from Kansas to Tulsa because we've got the the dad relationship there. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. He went to Oklahoma State. Bryce is averaging 11.2 points and about a rebound and a steal per game shooting 42 percent from the field 37 percent from three so not bad by any stretch of it um but just not the kind of the the lead guy that everybody thought he he would be um the lead guy i think is javon small leads the team in scoring with 17 points a game shoots 42 percent from three-point line so gonna have to uh do our signature stop their best player uh shut shut their best player down again this game small um, a guy named Jarius Hicklin and then another guy, John Michael Wright, shoot the most threes on the team. Uh, small, like I mentioned, hits 42% of them. Um, Jarius Hicklin hits 35% of them. But John Michael Wright only hits 22%, and he takes the most. He's taken the most on the team so far with 42, and he is hitting the least percentage of those guys. Hopefully, that uh, trend continues. Please just let this guy keep firing him away and, and missing him. Uh, honestly, the more likely thing is, he's he's probably pretty good and then he will light it up <laughs> against Tulsa for some reason so we'll see what happens um their big guys are a six foot one center brandon garrison six foot eight power forward eric daly neither of them can't or six foot one six foot eleven center sorry brandon garrison six foot eight power forward eric daly neither of them can score uh 
that much. Um, they don't. Like, I think they both average like five and six points a game or something. Uh, all of which is to say we can win this game. Especially coming off the momentum that was the Loyola Chicago win. There's a real chance we can pull this thing off. This would be a massive, massive win and momentum boost for TU. Cannot understate uh, or, or overstate how huge this would be for a program that won five games last season to come back, start off five and two already have matched the win total of last year and to pick off Oklahoma state in a, you know, quote unquote neutral court in Oklahoma city, um, man, that would be, I mean, I can't imagine the vibes on the team afterwards. If we can get this thing done. Uh, I know most of those guys weren't here for the season last year, but everybody knows that we went five and 25 last year. So you pull this thing off. It's a clear sign if, if it's not already obvious that this team is so much better than last year, this will be the big one. You win this game, Reynolds Center starts filling up more, attendance, huge boost, the vibes in, increase extremely. Um, I Man, I am so hoping that Tulsa can pull this thing off. I think Matt will be there uh, with his girlfriend, Megan, who actually, I, I'm, I know he will be there with his girlfriend, Megan, uh, who is an Oklahoma State fan. So they're going as, as, warring, as a warring couple. Uh, so that'll be fun. Um, but I can't wait for this game. Again, it is Sunday, the 10th, 5.30 p.m. Central. Go to it. If you've got any, if, if you can at all, I think it'll be awesome. Okay, uh, a couple quick things before we round it out. I've got nine minutes before I need to leave for work. Um, women's basketball beat Central Arkansas 60-58 to 58 on Tuesday, right before the men beat Loyola Chicago. Both teams, men and women, still undefeated at home. Super cool. Tamira Poindexter played 39 minutes of the, of the 40 minutes of this game. Had 22 points to lead all scorers in this one. Didn't shoot the ball. Uh, super well uh, as a team in this game aside from maddie cartwright who's a freshman played 30 minutes off the bench and that is some big stuff right there so that is a sign of optimism for the women's team nice win over central arkansas they've got florida coming up on sunday so on, on sunday tulsa is playing oklahoma state the men team the men are playing oklahoma state the women are hosting florida at the reynolds center you can pay five dollars to go to the game and get a t-shirt that looks so good it is straight out of a home field catalog maybe better it's a retro look with the new gus team mascot it is a fantastic shirt legitimately i'm sure you can find pictures of it on uh on twitter tulsa hurricanes uh, twitter account or or their email if you're subscribed to their email updates um, but again five dollars for the game and the shirt against a big time opponent sec opponent in florida if you're not going to the men's game go to this game this will be awesome the women's team is good um, they've had some ups and downs so far this year, but they are fun to watch. They are fast. They can really shoot the ball at every position. Uh, this will be a fun game. So go to it if you can. Okay. To close it out, um, got one listener question, uh, that I want to touch on real quick is from Mike, uh, at lost in sewer Tejas, uh, on Twitter. He has two things. One, what, what is the sense on campus of coach Wilson's impact on the program? And two, any rumors about coordinator or assistant coaching changes? I'll tackle the first, I'll tackle them in order, I suppose. Um, so what is the sense of uh, coach Wilson's impact on the program. Um, my understanding is it's still kind of wait and see. There is some serious, uh, some big conkle energy going on in year one with that staff wanted to honor the current players, see what we have on the roster before making any kind of wholesale change here. And now we'll see the fruits of that. There are 18 guys in the portal, some of which got meaningful min minutes this season, which we talked about at the top of the show. That doesn't include all the guys who actually graduated who are now done. So we're going to have a pretty considerably different team next year with a lot of new faces, Some, a lot of which will certainly come from the portal and will be uh, like instant contributors to the team. 
I think next year is the big measuring stick year. Year one, always kind of funky. Um, there were there were some weird things going on with the defensive coordinator situation early in the season as we lost Guerrero, um, and then brought in Chris Polizzi, you know, kind of later, a lot later after. Um, so we'll see what happens with the defense. We'll see what happens with the offense. We had no quarterback strategy this year for what, what it seemed like. Uh, it was just kind of we played five different quarterbacks and you know, I think there's a lot of reason to still be optimistic despite the four and eight season this year. We ended it with a win. We've got um, still, as of today, Carter Williams and Kirk Francis coming back, both of which can, I think, can can meaningfully get it done at that position next year. So I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good. Um, in terms of true impact he had this season, I think he does unequivocally run the program with more discipline and higher expectations than maybe Philip Montgomery did for the players. Uh, that works out to fewer penalties each game. As you'll probably be aware, if you listen to the show, Tulsa finished the last several years in the bottom 20 or 30 um, in all of college football in penalties per game. This season, in Kevin Wilson's first year, Tulsa finished in the top 30 in FBS. Um, that also hopefully means fewer turnovers over time, which was not the case this year at all. We were one of the worst teams at turning the ball over. Uh, and it also hopefully turns into... Um, far fewer dumb plays as the years go on, which I do think was, was more or less the case this year. So his, his, um, calling card at Tulsa has been discipline and, um, smart play. So hopefully that continues. I do think that is a measurable change that has happened since Philip Montgomery. And that is a good thing. Now we need to get back to some more explosive offense and some better defense and start putting the wins on the board. But in terms of where the program's at, I think that's that's how it stands after year one. Final thing. Um, this was part two of his question. Any rumors about coordinator or assistant coaching changes? I haven't heard of any. Um, would be surprised if any happened. It's the first year of a new staff. We didn't do too poorly or too badly that people are going to be fired or we didn't do well enough that there, people are going to be pulled up to the next level, you know, to some power five school. Um, so I, I really doubt it uh, is my is my summary there, but I have no idea. I don't have any inside information about that. Um, just would be very surprised if, if anything happened there. All right. I've got four minutes to go, so we're going to call it there. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. If you're not already, make sure you are following our podcast and your podcast app of choice. We're on Apple and Spotify and Google and Overcast and all those things. Um, if you're following us, you'll get updates whenever we put a new episode out. While you're there, leave us a rating and a review really does help. Got a couple over the last couple weeks. And it's nice to see it does when people search Tulsa golden hurricane or the university of Tulsa, um, having those ratings and reviews is, is what makes our show show up there. So if you can, please leave us a, a five-star review, um, especially written. If you leave a written one, we'll read it on the show. It'd be awesome. Um, we do all this for free. If you want to help us out financially, you can do that. Go to our website, thegoldenhurricast.com slash supports. We've got a few different ways you can find those and, and help out there. Um, and finally, we're on Twitter slash X at Golden Hurricast, all one word. Uh, you can submit a question for the show on Twitter or on our website. Website's thegoldenhurricast.com. There's a big blue button on there that says, ask a question for the show, and we will answer those if you do that. Um, if you don't want to do either of those things, but still want to get in touch, we've got an email address as well. That is thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. And that is it. Thank you again, everybody, for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Stay golden.